0: Evening, Richard. Anyone else on the call? Ah, looks like Paul's just joining. Hello. Are we all set, then? Look, I gave Simon a later start time because I wanted to chat with you before he joins us.
1: Uh, what
0: What about? That, that sounds a bit mysterious. It's Simon. His audio on the last episode was a debacle, and I'm thinking of replacing him. Isn't that a bit drastic? Was it really that bad? two hours listening to a noise in my ear marginally quieter than an aircraft taking off.
1: Mm. Mm, I thought it was uh, more like an industrial tumble dryer.
2: Or uh, an industrial hairdryer.
0: Uh, but you couldn't hear it on the edit, though. True. But you could hardly hear Simon either. Anyway, thoughts on a replacement? Hmm. What, what's Tim up to these days? Pfft. <sighs> Well, I've heard he's poacher-turned-gamekeeper moderating Planet Mondas for him. And he said he'd sooner eat his own eyeballs than watch Series 11. Yeah, so he's not going to add all that much to the reviews, is he? Uh, what about Mike, though? Well, he's always going off to work when we record. And he's almost never caught up with the latest episode.
1: Yeah. I um, heard jail Southall might be able to lose end. We can't have him. He'd
2: outshine us. <clears throat> have you... Have you listened to the Blue Box podcast? Even so, no. Uh, just putting this
1: out there, guys, but what about Phil Morris?
2: No way. No No way. There's only one P-blank-blank blank L Morris on this podcast, and it is not him. Hey, hey, calm down. Hello, fellas.
1: Oh. <coughs> uh, oh. Uh, uh, hello, Simon. Uh, have you been on the call long? Just a minute or two. What was
3: that about J.R. Southall and Phil Morris? Are we doing celebrity guests?
2: Uh, um, no, not not exactly, it, um, it was all Richard's
0: idea. Ah, oh, okay. Look, the thing is, uh, Simon, I've got to tell you something, which is... uh. Actually, I love the timbre of your voice, is that a new microphone you've got? Yes, early Christmas present for myself. Shall we get started? Let's do it.
2: Have you Um, been explained to the (laughs) listeners?
0: No, I haven't. But I'll have to go I'm, back in time and explain that 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 that, 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 that Joss stopped recording. Uh, pa- Paul's PC blew up. I'm sure if you uh, spend Simon's now fixed his his, his microphone. <laughs> My giant uh, hairdryer uh, f- uh, I... fused everything,
2: didn't it? <laughs> <I don't laughs> start it all started so well ten, yeah, 10 so weeks ago,
1: didn't
0: it? As Terry Wogan used to say it's... on
2: Children in Need, I knew it was going too well.
0: <laughs> <laughs> at least it boozes live. Okay, uh, welcome everybody to episode 6 of 13Cast. Today we're going to review the Battle of Ransgur Avkolos, uh, I think that's how you pronounce it, and we'll we'll, we'll start that by uh, by talking about the episode itself and what we thought of that, and then later on we'll talk about how that fitted into the context of the season as a whole. Um, anyway, first off, before we get into too much more rambling, I should introduce the crew, so uh, first off, Giles? Good evening. Simon. Hello, everybody. And Paul. Hello. Very good. Me? No.
2: Oh, phew. I had had the wrong settings on.
0: Yeah, yeah. I did did have a a notion once that we'd be... um, How is it going to work? Giles, Paul, Simon and Richard. But it, it was a little bit too far off. We weren't the fab four, though. We were the blab four. That was what it was. (laughs) <laughs> anyway, it was never going to fly. <laughs> so we're here. We are, yeah. So, um, who would like to kick us off with thoughts about? Uh, are you asking the, our the listeners?
2: <laughs> <laughs> I think you'll get quite a few takers to have us kicks off. But it's <laughs> we're here, so put up work.
0: Do any uh, anybody I, really love it?
2: I'd be surprised. I,
0: I do like
3: I like again, you know. Regular listeners, put on an old gramophone record of your choice. One week I loved the show, the next not so. This week I, I loved it again. I thought Hooray! I, I thought as <laughs> a serious finale, it's pretty pretty decent. Um Mr Tim Shaw was back. I think he looks suitably menacing. Um I love the deep voice as well. He's got a fantastic voice. I thought it was a very nice story with a with a good plot. Um, they actually did decent result like they have been through a bad time. Um, I don't know whether they were soldiers or space pilots or whatever they were but they looked like they'd been having a horrible time. It didn't look like they just stepped up a radar audition. <laughs>
1: um,
3: so it was all nicely played. I think all the companions, the travellers, the friends, the fam, whatever they're going to be called, <laughs> I thought they all played their parts um, very nicely. The whole dynamic of I am. You must go killing anybody. That that works its way through nicely. Um, I I still think the sniper bots are pretty useless. Unfortunately. <laughs> <laughs> and when you when you when you look back, I mean, Dottas got a long history thing the lasers. Yeah. And so I think, that's pretty much you can show.
0: Almost tying up the shoelaces hmm. to dump
3: the laser bolts. That was, that was
0: well, actually, I mean, you've got to say that they've improved their shot since last time because they actually hit each other. <laughs>
3: I don't know if anyone else noticed this. I'm sure I spotted this. When Graham um, and Ryan were traipsing through the dark, um, just before they met the sniper bots, they didn't have anything in their hands. And then they spotted the sniper bots and started running. And suddenly they both had guns in their hands. Where did those come from? I mean, I presume once the arm was picked <coughs> up, discarded guns from the, the sniper bots.
2: It like Sounds a like a continuity a very exciting deleted scene i can't wait to see that not included on the blu-ray yeah. set
0: yeah well, well done Simon. I didn't, didn't spot that at all yeah,
3: i like to um that's not to take away though i, I, I mean uh, i paid close attention to it this week i was not awful attempting mm. to switch off like it was the, the previous I, I, I think Mr. Tim suitably suitably menacing i love the whole um Stealing planets and shrinking down and, and trying to give the Earth the same treatment. I thought that was nicely realised as well. And uh, I think the, <laughs> I thought the support cast were excellent. So um, I, I know he's had his critics, but I, I thought that was a pretty good effort from the chips. Hmm. This week. I, I give it a seven or eight. This
2: okay,
0: Paul, you were you were going to say May? something of I it? Mean. Oh, okay.
2: No, um, well, look. <clears throat> I, I quite enjoyed it actually. I, I I know we often talk each other out of our opinions during the podcast, but when I went on to check um, what everybody else in my circle thought of it on the internet, I almost let them talk me down because most people I've seen didn't make much of it. But I just I want to praise it with with um, faint damnation here. It was it was okay. It was entertaining enough, and I think my expectations have been reduced suitably that that is now a win i found it oh, went, well, i went it nearly said gripping <laughs> i found it reasonably involving for 15 minutes well, what more what more can you ask for in this day and age it, but it is it is only okay and it's every plus points balanced bounce out with a negative every th- way in which it's better th- than the last showrunner is balanced by a way in which it's appreciably less successful but yes, this, that's moving on to a... In, in some ways, it's um, emblematic of the entire series for me, really. And it sort of takes an inoffensive line down the centre of being acceptable drama without being anything that would, that would make you sit up and cheer. I mean, as a, as a season finale, it's, um, it doesn't require you to have picked up on Tiny Minutiae in every previous episode. But on the other hand you'd almost say it's been undersold. It's only really based on the, the premiere and a, uh, the, you know, the first episode and a tiny reference in the second. So it's a hell of a long way. Well, we were discussing, weren't we, what might pop up again later in the series. There are a few contenders, but I think Tim Shaw was probably always top of people's list after after that was second reference to the Stenza. So mm-hmm. we kind of knew he was coming, and it was a bit weird the way they built it. That was a massive surprise. And a slightly, yeah. bodged, slightly bodged surprise in that when we... Saw the big reveal. He had a mask on.
0: Yeah. Because I was later
2: in the episode. I was thinking that might be why they gave him such a distinctive look. The teeth, the toothface version in the first episode. Because if people are going to have to remember him ten weeks later, he has to be pretty distinctive. But unfortunately, they didn't. Mm. They didn't use that in the initial reveal, and it was just left his not particularly distinctive, quite effective. Booming mm. monster voice, villain voice, but uh, you know, not so distinctive that people would be thinking, "Oh my
0: God, it's him!" It's mm. that. So I checked out the uh, the the monster from last or the fella from last week. Um, you know, after I said, to, "Is he one of them as well?" But but he had he had a different skin colour and marginally different ears. So it's uh, completely different.
2: Yeah, yeah. They've all had they've all the creatures and aliens and planets and things. This series had a succession of bizarre. Science fiction-y names with lots of mm. Ks and Xs and Zs thrown around. Yeah. The gay abandon. It's uh, it's all a bit, gone a bit mm. c- cliched and Star Trekky in that in that respect. It's very peculiar. Mm. Stens is about the only one I can remember. Well, that's going the old yeah, Russell T. Davis route of making them all either very short or very long. That's what what else? I mean it's just the characterization again in this episode is very thin. There are lots of characters there's some characters in there that were good ideas, but we didn't learn anything about them. The two representatives that we saw of the the Ux, that's a nice science fiction idea mm-hmm. um We just get the bare minimum of differentiation between the two of them don't we the mm-hmm. the um the old and new the the conservative and the potential reformer. But Mark Mark Addy's character is probably the biggest waste of time. I mean, he really had nothing to do mm. other than give a load of exposition. And once they'd finished explaining all the things he needed to, but, note, very slowly and eked out through some contrived memory loss plot device. So that eked out his plot function until he'd finally finished imparting the last bit of his knowledge. And then he just hung around so that he could move some other pieces on the playing board and the board from here mm. to there. So, you know, it's, it suffered from the same flaws as the less successful episodes, but it didn't. There's nothing in there that annoyed me. Ha ha ha. Fancy that being a selling point. Giles,
0: tell, tell us what you thought.
1: I'm kind of probably somewhere between the two. Yeah, I was, it didn't blow me away in the way that I feel like i like a finale. You yeah, know, I'd like a season finale to do so, to be honest. Um,. It was yeah, it was it was good in places. It had some nice stuff, but but once again, it kind of fell into Chibnall. You know, the thing that for me gets me about Chibnall's stuff often, which is um, especially when he does this sci-fi stuff, this this hard-bitten, gritty sci-fi thing. And I felt also combined with some inelegant world-building. It felt like there was an awful lot of stuff being told to us about the ux and it wasn't conveyed to us in the most subtle of ways which is fine in some ways because you don't you want people to be clear and especially again with our new accessible approach that seems to be the byword of this season you know you don't you you want to make sure the audience have caught up but but i still think that's you know there are better ways than Hitting them over the head with the exposition, really. Mm-hmm. And I also felt that, yeah, although, I mean, in some ways it was a finale and that it concluded some some of the themes that we've been... In, you know, some some of the themes such as they've been in this series. We obviously had Tim Shaw back and we had a kind of bit more closure for Graham. Mm-hmm. And we had um, Ryan's... Ah, yes, of course, we had the thing that... Um, I've won my personal uh, unofficial bet with my mate Ian who swore blind that um that Graham was only gonna get the fist bump from Ryan on his deathbed <laughs> in his death scene. So that's um so I mean that was all that was all good and Bradley Walsh was great and Jodie was pretty good. I still don't feel that they're giving her it's just it's starting to feel a bit like she's it's and it's not her fault but it starts to feel a bit like she's not being given all that much dramatic meat i don't know um although maybe it's just the way the scripts are done because the business with the the destroyed planets being her responsibility was you know was was mentioned and then kind of glossed over by the scripts it didn't send her into paroxysms of guilt but then maybe that's just this doctor's character that she was well,
0: so just... so why was it her, p- her fault
1: well, in theory, because Tim Shaw, you know, she'd sent Tim Shaw there, but then she hadn't done it deliberately, and I suppose, I don't know, it's funny, it was a, um, perhaps a nod to, you know, a nudge in the direction of, uh, you know, putting the doctor on a guilt trip. And
0: well, Isn't that a bit like blaming a judge, you, you know, send someone to, to jail and then when they get out they do something, mm, I don't know, it, yeah. it, seems, it seems a bit um, arbitrary.
1: Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, well, like I say, they didn't do it. There, so mm. <laughs> yeah, the doctor wasn't having it. So fair enough. Mm. Um, but they seem to—they seem to sort of the script took a nod in that direction and then didn't really explore it any further. And neither did it explicitly reject the idea either. Which I remember once—once once upon a time, getting my knickers in a twist with the to Journey's end about a very similar issue there.
0: Okay. Yeah, I mean, I was I was kind of so so on it as well. Um, uh, yesterday evening, I fell asleep watching it, which was partly a factor of the of it was rather warm, and I'm you know getting on a bit, and so this I watched it again mm. this morning, got up quite early, and yeah, you know it it it, it was okay, um, but it didn't I, I just didn't feel really gripped by it. Um, I, I didn't enjoy it as much as the first two, for instance, or. Um, or then Rosa, or the Demons of the Punjab, which are, I guess are the other two that I quite liked. So I've got—I mean, I've got this one thing going. So the, the faith aspect. So at the start of the series, we had quite a positive um, view of Christianity and, and and its impact on the Civil Rights saga, and I thought, oh, that's quite good, you know, because normally in, in Doctor Who, Christianity and faith gets a bit of a, a bad rap and then uh, you mentioned Paul there was the whole hindu versus muslim thing and it didn't really show either of those in a particularly good light although really it was more of a tribal thing than a than a you know direct religion thing and here you've got two all powerful beings you know kind of really enlightened and and you know supposedly quite smart but they're too dopey to spot that um, tim shaw is a, is a badon i mean you know you, the the old adage, you, you know, you, you should be known by your fruits. I mean, it should be, should have been fairly obvious that a he was in a bit of a bad way and didn't have long to 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 last. Se- second, that everything that he asked him to do was hmm. dubious. And you know, if if you're if you're going to be the creator, shouldn't be you'd be able to create something. And it wasn't necessarily apparent that he had any real power at all. So that I found a little bit hard to swallow.
2: Uh, yeah, <coughs> I would be interested. i suppose vaguely interested to know what Mr. Chipman was <laughs> going there for, because he seemed. To want, it seemed a bit like a rather blunt satire on some ide- ideas of um, unthinking faith creatures that are just looking for something to believe in yeah. and to have no internal ethical moral standards of their own. So, which is why they can't tell when they when they thing they've chosen to worship is mm. pointing in the wrong direction. They literally have no way of knowing. I and mean, One of them is slightly, uh, you know, after the first few thousand years, one of them starts to think, hello, hang on. Mm. But I mean, if, if that is where it's going, uh, Chibs softens it at the end because Doctor Who encourages them to go on believing, going on having faith. She doesn't say, she's a very gentle admonition, just be a bit more careful next time. Well, I think she needs to, <laughs> she need to give them some rather more stern guidance than that. But mm, I don't know. Who knows what he was saying? I'm not sure he's. I'm not convinced he's deep enough to have actually had a particularly profound message behind that. It could just as easily be a very, trend, a very surface science fiction idea that he wanted to fill 50 minutes with.
0: It reminds me of, of in of the in the restaurant at the end of the universe when the holy prophet Zarquan finally turns up for his second coming, just what you know about 30 seconds or no two seconds before the universe ends. Um... Yeah, you know, so he, so he did. He did make make it in the end. <laughs> <laughs> That's
2: another example from our endless list of missed opportunities. Mm. I mean, it would, it would have been much more interesting if there had been several generations yeah. of them, or with with only two. What's the point of including a race where there's only two at a time and only showing us two of them? The whole uh, and then setting the story over thousands of years. It, it might as well have been set over one yeah. human lifetime because it didn't. And, and this. You tell us these creatures live for thousands of years, but it makes no difference to the story, and it would have been more interesting if there'd have been another two by the time we got there and they'd passed this thing down. At least it might not have affected the plot, but at least it would have been something different. Although that is, that is a, a more well-worn story, the, the idea of some a message that's been lost or yeah. people have completely forgotten the origins after a few generations. So, yeah, uh, difficult to say which...
0: Yeah, the the, the 3,000 years thing as well, I thought was was a little bit it was a bit moffity wasn't it you know where a kind of large arbitrarily large amount of time passes between something and something else and it you know it wasn't clear why it needed to be 3047 or whatever it was um because you know there weren't that many spaceships that they seemed to have blown up you know if they had been getting one a year then you'd thought they're been a build up of more junk yeah it just it sort of seemed it was a big number they pulled out but i wasn't quite sure why and and why would it take Tim Shaw three thousand years with these all powerful guys to get hold of the seven planets or however many planets he needed to get hold of it? It, it? it wasn't clear what you know what all that time was taking. Simon, were you trying to get in there and say something to us?
3: I enjoyed it. I sat and watched that all the way through the end. I, I wanted to see what happened. And like it takes you away, where I thought if you, you can't even convince me that it's winter time and that there's no way. Um, why am I bothering to follow this all the way? I, and this, I always liked Distress Calls. Um, it had an interesting start introducing Yarks as well. I, I thoroughly really enjoyed it. I thought it was good. It wasn't. You could just sit back, switch your brain off a little bit, and enjoy it. Mm. And that's what I think Dr. Who should be. Kick off and start to sit
0: There was also. I thought possibly a, a callback to Wheel in Space with the, um, you know, the device that disrupted the psychotropic waves. Okay, so, so the next thing um, was so Tim Shaw. is he, he's, he's on the the screen, and he starts talking to Paltraki, and then he gets Um, um sang up on screen, um, but. Why does he expect to be able to talk to him sensibly? I mean, Paltraki was a gibbering idiot until the doctor turned up. and <laughs> Ooh, then good point. And it's, it's really only, only at that point, with when 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 she's put the thing on him that, that, that um, gets rid of the psychotropic effects, that so he's then actually able to talk. And yet, Tim Shaw seems perfectly expected to have a decent conversation with him. That didn't seem to make a lot of sense to me.
1: Ooh, good continuity of a spot there, Richard. I think you're on... Um... Yes, uh, that's
3: good. Well, I think with a name like Pal Tricky, he should be a Maverick New York cop, anyway, or a a desk sergeant or something, (laughs) shouldn't he? Yeah, yeah, yes. I thought he was a lot more. Anyway, I I said it earlier. I I thought he was a lot more plausible as a a grizzled space veteran. And I
0: I thought he did a Hmm.
3: probably probably didn't see enough of him. I think you're right, guys, but I think he did a decent enough job.
0: Hmm. Hmm. So the next thing was, you know, the the bombs and the grenades. Well, it's all okay if it's doors, locks, walls, and buildings. Although I suppose that then does bear the question of why it was a big problem that Ryan was going to shoot at those droids several episodes again, because they're sort of just things rather than people. Like the like the fact that she missed her wellies. That was quite a nice yes. touch. It was one of the one of the few items where it, where it went a bit light. It seemed quite. Um, Quite intense a lot of the time
1: she did at least acknowledge the fact that um that she's contradictory about her um about her attitude to weapons and and um and guns and so on didn't she they actually they wrote that mm. line in which i think was was nice to yeah you know, <laughs> at least it was, it was an acknowledgement that to not expect consistency necessarily mm. because let's face it yes she's a massive the doctor is a massive hypocrite in many ways. That, that kind of front obviously.
0: Mm. And then the the, the so, so the next thing that happens is that they end up um in inside the the shrine thing, the thing that's hanging in the air. And the doctor's then walking alongside Phyllis Logan's character and she's got the the thing on her back which didn't really seem to make much of an of a Attempt to shield it. So I mean, to, so, so to start off with, they're, they're standing opposite each other, and she says, "Well, I could blow this up." But then they're sort of walking side by side. It seems like it wouldn't take a lot for it, someone to wrestle it off her back and run off with it. So, but I, I suppose it's got bombs on it. Maybe she doesn't want to do that, so hmm. that might be okay. I'm just being a picky for some bizarre reason.
1: <laughs> You're a Doctor Who fan. Goes with the territory.
0: Yeah. The, there was there was a sort of crucifixion, um, symb- oh, was, symbolism. Yes. I suppose the way that he's got mm. his arms stretched out. Um, I mean, not particularly helpful. I don't. I don't think it had much to say about that. But it just the the, the um, symbolism was there a bit.
1: There were a couple of odd, odd kind of shot compositions that kind of I th- I thought were a bit strange. And generally, I've, I'd have said that Jamie Childs was. Direction has been has been the best we've had this series but but I thought that was that was a strange shot the mm-hmm. way it was composed because you couldn't quite tell where it, whether it was his arms that were outstretched I, I, I felt I whether, whether it was just the contrast on my TV was shot and I I couldn't tell but I kind mm-hmm. of felt like that wasn't as explicit as it should be and I also kind of felt like there were a couple of shots of the the thing hanging in the air of the shrine. And they seemed curiously Mm. badly framed because it just kind of panned up to it, and just at the moment you got to the top and should have realised it was hanging in the air, it seemed to um you know it's it's then just seemed to cut away to something else, if you know what I mean. Mm. So you didn't get the full spectacle of this enormous lump Mm. of rock suspended in the air, which.
0: That's a bit Douglas Adams as well, actually, you know, hanging in the air in the same way of Oh, doesn't.
1: yes, good point. Yeah. Hmm.
0: There was, at one point, the Earth seemed to be in the wrong aspect ratio. I mean, I know that's me being even more picky and being a video engineer. But it <laughs> that seems sounds like a bit godlike the, the, to me, the, Richard. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Well I mean there's, there's a picture of the earth on 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 the screen and it looks like it's a it's sort of a 4x3 stretched to 16x9 it was kind of you know the earth was looking strangely oval oh no, no, it, it's um, it's
1: the older it's it is an oblate spheroid after all and some yeah <laughs> <laughs> it's got it's got it's got a bit maybe well, not it that is 3000 years yeah. in the future maybe i don't know mm. yes and um yeah it's it's probably something to do with the anamorphic ratio yeah, yeah there we go
0: we haven't touched on that for a few episodes have we it's a very, very good point. Um, are, are the Ux really a race? I mean, uh, so they said they're on three planets, but if there's only two of them, how do they manage to get on three planets? How exactly is is they... Well, we didn't go into how they reproduce or... I mean, unless they're, unless they're selected from another from a larger race, mm. it, it, it wasn't really all that clear. Yes, uh, what happens to the Earth? I mean, I mean, it seems to be covered in a in a sort of colourful glow, but I mean, is that is that doing something to it, or 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 do we do they stop it in time so it hasn't done anything? Mm. Again, that's not not very explicit.
1: Oh, you know, and and what was the time frame? Indeed, that's um, I kind of wondered. Okay, hang on, are we talking present day? Was he sent back in time? So we're now talking present day Earth, or is he under threat, mm. or are we talking? Earth of the Space Year five
0: thousand
1: four hundred and twenty-two.
0: Yeah. Um, if they go far enough in the future, then it might be you know whilst uh, it's abandoned because of the solar flares anyway. Mm. But don't ask me what period that is because uh, I'm I'm afraid I'm not a good enough fan. Oh, dear, dear, yes, yeah, good
1: point. But
0: <clears throat> um, and Tim Shaw, I mean, he's dissolving the last time we see him at the end of the woman who fell to Earth. And he's obviously not very well, but it doesn't seem to. He, he's, he's done all right, hasn't he? He's lasted another three thousand four hundred and seven years or whatever mm. it was. So, so, so you know, he's he's a bit peaky, <laughs> but he's not. He's not um, <laughs> not in any imminent danger of dying by the look of it. No, no. I mean,
1: the,
0: I mean, maybe, maybe the ucks have helped him with that. Again, it's not entirely clear.
1: I guess, yeah, I sort
0: of. He's got he's got some stuff hanging off him, mm. hasn't he? Which might I assume that, nice although support. he's
1: then able to wrench himself free and. Strut about
0: the place yeah. when he needs
3: to for plot purposes. Hmm. Um, yeah, was that how a retired bus driver was able to sort him out?
0: Because he wasn't—he wasn't fighting fit. Ah. Yeah, I, I, I so I did. I did ask that question as well in my head, um, Simon, because you know how does he get stopped by a gun? In that, you know, I mean, there's 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 guns everywhere. I mean. It, it kind of seems a bit pathetic that he hasn't thought of the possibility that someone might pick up a gun and fire it at him and that's enough to stop him in his Perhaps turns. he's
3: like the rest of us, he's in a rush and he only put his slippers on instead of his, instead of his <laughs> battle boots or something and Graham yeah. went for the weak
0: spot. Yeah, yeah, it could be that. Yeah. yeah.
1: I suppose no one has made it to to be charitable to that particular issue, I suppose nobody's made, necessarily made it there. He's He's been able to rely on the the planet's own defences, um which are cur- although they're curiously um specific and um yes, and curiously, curiously only affect hmm. only affect certain members of the cast. even but um, but I suppose he's been able to rely on those to um help protect him for for um three thousand three thousand odd years. Hmm. Although now that's a I don't know, there I go again thinking about the possibly more interesting story that might have come up. Which would have been mm. if um, if everyone lost their memory on the planet, it wouldn't have been quite interesting if if Tim Shaw had lost his memory. Perhaps uh, perhaps the what
3: what um, Tim Shaw needed was a stenzer chairlift, so they <laughs> could have <laughs> built one of those. For
1: him. Oh him. Tish. <laughs>
0: uh, so um, uh, and then Yaz says, "I'm with you, whatever happens." which is almost the same thing that um the disciple peter says to jesus just before he denies him three times but you. with Yaz, it goes a lot better than that <laughs> um, you know she seems seems basically to to hang around with the doctor quite happily and uh, doesn't die um and uh yeah touching maybe mm. i mean there's been this there's been this odd thing all year um where people have said oh Yaz and the Doctor are in love or something I mean I suppose it's touched up briefly in the spider one mm. uh, where Yaz's mum asks are you seeing her or something the Doctor says am I but I mean I don't think there's anything much to it
1: yes I think that seems to be as far as, as we're going down that road in in disincarnation of yeah. You know, hard to tell really I'm not sure whether that mm. that's just put in there as uh, fan bait to um Hmm. speculating about whether or not he has his gay or as, as we said at the time was his, um, he has his mum just non-judgmental but at the same time desperate to see her daughter hooked up with someone
0: <laughs> hmm. Okay so I think that was my very long bucket list of you know stuff um, either of you two got other things you wanted to point out?
1: Um, We've touched on the yes we touched on the poet planet's business I found the uh, yes, I thought the um the flutteriness effect of the of the planets trapped inside the crystals was quite nicely done. Quite um unnerving looking. Did make me wonder what was going to come out of them. Although, cu- yeah. although curiously enough the um yes, the whole, I don't know why, but the the idea that they were trapped planets also leapt into my mind quite quite early on.
0: Mm. There wasn't going to be a lot of space in there, was there? If those things started to expand. Mm,
1: yes. Yeah. Uh, oh, nice, nice closing lines from the doc- doctor. I thought that was um, at the end of the episode. There was. Um, I can't quote them off the top of my head now, but it, but I thought that was a nice, nice little kind of mission statement sort of thing mm-hmm. about go, you know, traveling, and um, you'll be surprised at what you can find. And I can't. Yeah, honestly, I can't remember the exact lines, but it was. Uh, but it struck me as as quite uh, as quite a nice kind of thing. It wasn't and kill, um, was it? No, <laughs> <laughs> indeed. Um, so yes, so I thought that was that was okay. And um, yeah, mm.
3: did anyone think Yaz had a sort of strong episode?
1: Do you think she pulled her weight, or was she allowed to? I yeah, I did wonder she she seemed to get the rough end of the stick, plot wise this week. Once again, yeah, once again I thought, I mean, maybe you think different, Simon, but but in my mind it felt a bit yeah. You know, once again, we're having this issue of is there really enough plot to go around three compa you know, three friends plus the Doctor.
0: I don't really remember much about yes, apart from that um, that line that I mm. went into. What about you,
3: son? I think wasn't it she suggested using the neurobalancers to um, help block the ucks when they were trying to shrink the earth? Wasn't that Yaz's idea? Right. Mm. So I thought she did. They did their best to make it even-handed this week, but again she's st- mm. it's really hard isn't it I mean we're going to look back at the series as a whole and I, I don't want to be down on people but you're never sure is it is it the quality of the writing is it is it the format or do they just need to think about doing a bit of recasting and writing a few people out
0: mm. well look why don't we go into a, a discussion about the series as a whole yeah and, and so you're looking at the, looking at this episode in the context of that. And how well they tied up the arc, such as it was.
2: Mm. I think I said during my review of this episode that it was it typified all the strengths and weaknesses of this series for me. I, I don't know. I still worry that I've come across a bit too negative because it it's not been a disastrous uh, series of Doctor Who or a disastrous series of of television. It's just that I know Doctor Who can be so much more. So mm. I don't think it's unreasonable for me to be. Frustrated when it keeps falling short,
0: mm.
2: but f- for me, the ongoing problems I suppose that could be summed up is mostly character, um and the quality of the dialogue. But there's a big overlap between the two. Yeah. I wasn't saying that I wanted them all to be firing around Seinfeld-style zingers all the time. I just I could, if you put the si- uh, the um, question of humour to one side, it's still the point of the dialogue to tell us who these people are, and when you, I, I just get the feeling that if you look at these this dialogue, if you on paper and cover up the names on the left hand side of the script, you will have trouble telling the difference between most of the characters. That's the guest cast and. Some of the time, some of the regulars. Graham's been a big success. Mm. He's terrific. I think that almost everybody agrees with that. But um Yaz probably suffered most, which is a shame as I like the actress, but even her you know, her one big gimmick of her her job, her police skills, her mad police skills seems to have just mm. disappeared after the first couple of episodes and it's all become in the character development was treading water for most of the middle of the series it's just in the last couple of episodes that we got some back again almost as though that had been decided at the beginning it set up a short list of potential character arcs and then parked them and come back to them for episodes nine and ten which left us nowhere to go well that's not true there is there are always things you can do in any episode, whatever its position, in, the, in a series arc. So I think it's unfortunate. I don't know if it's laziness or bad coordination. It, it seems unlikely that it was a lack of time or planning. They've had, they had endless time to produce this series, and apparently they to have just as long to do the next one. <laughs> but um, I think that's my biggest disappointment there. As Doctor Who, there were some nice ideas in there, some stories that were less than the sum of their parts. And, you know, one or two... That'll go up there into my top top couple of dozen, maybe. So mm-hmm. I I don't know why I feel as dissatisfied as I do, considering that it was a lot to like. But I think it was the the missed opportunities overall. They seem more obvious than they have in other series when the highs and lows have been more extreme. So, that's my thoughts.
0: Mm. Okay, thanks.
3: Simon, I think that was an atypical episode of series eleven. Um, Tim Shaw got, you know, exuded plenty of menace, but at the end of the story, he's very easily disposed of. And this has been a series where there's been a lack of threatening villains. Everybody seems to be very easily vanquished, and there are even one or two stories where the, you know, the, the aliens or whatever the menace was seemed a bit peripheral. And there was enough mm-hmm. human interest there without actually needing them. So, the Trout and Season Five is called the Monster Season. Uh, this was the No mm-hmm. Monsters or Many series, wasn't it? Really. <laughs> I mean, I don't. I, uh, the Moffat era. I don't think Doctor Who's ever been so critiqued as it as it was then. So, um, Chibbers and his Merry Men, really, they they could have learnt from that. And there were proper plenty of opportunities to put it back on track I think as you know back towards the series we all love mm. traditionally one thing people who have sat and watched noticed is they keep, they keep saying you know why is the Doctor explaining things all the time so I think that's to get it back on track towards being a, mm. a family show again but mm. perhaps a criticism and it, it, it's not just us as a panel what you, you see it and read it elsewhere is perhaps it's leaning a bit too far towards children maybe because of the Sunday tea time Slot, there's there's the odd, scary, you know, flesh eating moths and things like that, and um, Tim Shaw bumping off people rather horribly, but it's all been a bit tame, really. Um, Mm -hmm. For so many episodes where the story centres on human interest, I don't think, again, because of the format or the actors or the scripts, uh, the characters haven't been human enough, and there definitely hasn't been enough interest. So I, I, I think it's fallen flat on the human interest. Scale of things, um, Jodie Whittaker made a m- magnificent introduction in the the woman who fell to earth. Um, that moment where she mm. burst through the ceiling of the train, that was that was excellent. Yeah. I mean, job done. The, that was never an issue of hey the doctor's a lady. You, that, that was gone in that instant and in that first episode. I thought she was excellent, mm-hmm. but I keep finding every episode she seems to have a flappy. A flappy sort of hyper spell in the story um, but mm-hmm. then she never sort of settles down and exerts gravitas and authority so perhaps when you look back at a and Doctor because he behaves like a clown or a hobo you know the whoever's in control of the base in jeopardy or the enemy they underestimate him and then he displays his genius mm. and he sorts everything out and I, I gave Jodie a bit of time to sort of settle into the role and get into the series and really hit a stroke but I, I still don't think that's happened by the series end I still think she's finding a way um and I'm finding a lack in authority so you know let, let's see where the new year special takes us and, and series 12 although it's going to be a long wait for that so I'm not mm. utterly convinced by her unfortunately come series end and then the whole thing with all the companions um Graham's been a big success but then I guess Bradley Walsh has paid the most and he would probably tell them to get lost mm. if he didn't get some good lines and plot lines and get to run around with a gun and get lines like yippee ki robots and things like that. <laughs> um, <laughs> that, that was lots. There have been lots of good moments with Graham and he's stolen the show amongst the companions, but Ryan and poor old Yaz, they they just feel peripheral or, or a spare part in too many of the episodes, so I think they need to look at that very carefully again if there isn't a strong part for them to play and if there's not enough lines to go around then I think they need to have a look at that again and, and sort that out please um, that used to work in the good old days having lots of companions because people needed a rest because of the filming schedule or they'd get separated on a planet somewhere or in the desert somewhere mm. and then you'd, you'd have four episodes or maybe six for them to go off their own adventures and it and they'd all come back together but I, I don't think that works in a 40 minute or a 45 minute format so I, I think they need to have a think again about who the companions are and, and exactly how many of them are,
1: or indeed the format. Yeah, yeah. I I I I,
3: I, I, I think the episodic thing would, would work. I know I know in America they used to having 40 and 45 minutes, but um, I think they copy a lot of our drama and you look at how long Doctor Who's been going. So let let's get it back to what it did originally and it it did best. So. I'd, I'd love to move on from that 40-minute format and go back to a more episodic um, theme again. I think that would improve the writing. You'd have proper character development, and I think it would up the up the um, the excitement each week, waiting for the next episode as well. It all feels a bit r- rushed and compacted to me. That, that's my overall feeling. And um, as we've all been saying week by week, it's been a series of missed opportunities as well. So pleased with... A lot of the episodes, but it's been very hit and miss. So, uh, hoping for some improvements with Series 12, please. And a, and a really good, strong episode
1: for the new year, please, as
3: well. Mm-hmm. So, over to Giles and Richard.
1: It's been, for me, know, I've, really, I've ranted a bit in the last episode about how how difficult it was going to be for the series following following on from Stephen Moffat and his his unique set of skills... As it were, you know, love them or hate them, uh, they are, you know, they they shape any project that he does, and and they've shaped Doctor Who very much, and um, and as as you were saying, it's it's a time when Doctor Who's been, you know, subjected to an awful lot more critique, um, probably mm-hmm. than ever, ever in its history, just due to or at least instantaneous critique, and we all, you know. You know, we're we're all old enough to you know to have lived through the kind of fan ac- fan academia, kind of in the way it's been that everything has now been analysed. But mm-hmm. but certainly in terms of you know that that stuff is so, subjected to such huge amounts of instant scrutiny uh, that it wasn't really even in Russell T's era. I think things weren't quite so fanatic. And yes, so it was always going to be difficult for Doctor Who to readjust. I think to a more traditional style of storytelling. And a you know possibly simpler, and obviously yes another good point is that you know Moffat is fundamentally a sc- uh, sitcom writer and he writes funny lines and and makes everyone talk like they're in screwball comedy very often. That's not necessarily you know what we need you know what we want all the time from Doctor Who um, either. So so it was always going to be difficult to adjust, and I think the series has gone you know has. Taken some promising steps down the road of adjustment, but again, you know, I, I'd have to agree there have been some big missed opportunities. It feels like, from where we've seen, you know, there have been two, you know, two or three episodes. It feels like whether they have managed to handle all of the characters and the, the you know the, the large number of companions uh, successfully. You know, I felt, kablam, did it very well. The witchfinders equally, but yes, it should. But it shouldn't be the the exception. If you're going to have a premise that you've got four characters that you have to arrange things around, then you either you've either got to the pace you know, you know and the the rate of scenes and so on and the amount of incidents in order to you know in order to give everyone something to do, or you you know need to drop someone. And I can appreciate why. I think the dynamic in theory is good. I can see absolutely why they have that this particular setup on the on the TARDIS and I think it should be good. But it seems like it's a fairly fundamental fundamental issue that you should be able to cope with as a as a fairly minimal requirement in your screen in your script writing to be able to find all your major characters something to do without them having to just go around and and, um, and take turns giving feeder lines to to the doctor um, which you know obviously some of the uh, less successful stories this year have done so I think that's a that's something that's particularly great and for me I feel like they they rode back um, I'm not in favor of I don't think I'd. I don't think I'd be in favour of fully serialising the, the series, as in having everything connected to everything else. Um, although there was obviously there was some speculation that that was the route that Chibnall was going to go down uh, when he took over, obviously on the off the back of his Broadchurch record, and you know ironically we got you know the absolute antithesis of that. But I do think you know I do think there was a. A, um, there's a happy medium to be found and something that would have injected some more urgency you know the opportunity for foreshadowing I'm you know I'm contradictory on this thing at times because I've <laughs> um, as I may have said before you know sometimes I, I complain bitterly about foreshadowing but on the mm-hmm. other hand you know it felt felt like it's the kind of thing that can just add a bit of a bit more urgency and a bit more interest for those watching continuously from week to week, just the feeling that you're going somewhere. And obviously some of the you know, some of the series arcs that they've had in the past, you know, Harold Saxon and you know, and the Bad Wolf arc in particular, um, I guess, back in the day. And even the um the Pandora and the Cracks, um stuff. You know, that's the kind of stuff that has been was seed, seeded very, you know, very well through a series, and it just it provides it provided water cooler conversation. So you didn't just think, you know, at the end of a 45 minute episode, well, that was entertaining enough, you know, and then just have it go out of your mind for the next week. There was stuff to talk about, mm. and there was what's going on there, kind of thing. And I don't think that. I think it's I think it's a mistake to simplify things to the extent where you don't have that that um that element of storytelling really I think it's um i think that's i think that's fairly fundamental and it's been why it's been a big part of why Doctor Who has been very successful uh in its in its new incarnation and obviously it was you know in a in a different you know a different take on that it was a big reason why Doctor Who in its serialized formats, yeah, mm. for twenty six years was um, was very successful as well.
0: There's a, there's a there's a curious thing, isn't there? That this was this was the series where people were talking about the writers' room and the fact that they were all kind of you know in there together, mm. chewing over things and uh, you know in a way that we hadn't seen previously. Mm. And yet, when you look back over this series as as a whole, there's not a lot of evidence of that. It's not you know. Far from there being homogeneity to the storytelling, in fact, you know, you, you'd say they are as uh, diverse and as the, the, there there are issues across the the, the piece where um, you know Yaz is a policewoman in some stories and then she just seems to be a young woman in others. Um, mm. uh, Brian seems to forget his um, his, his uh, dyspraxia dyspraxia yeah in some episodes he seems much more capable than in others so yeah we don't seem to have gained as much from the writer's room as perhaps you know it it was um talked about in advance
2: yes i think just to follow on oh sorry giles just to i think i agree entirely that it's to step back as far as they have from the complexity of the moffat years is a mistake because i think underestimates the general audience they I mean, it's not just that uh, the uh, the Complex American series are very popular now, but even with the ordinary audience that they might be going for, they can follow soap operas. They can follow ongoing narratives. It was the specific way that Moffat did it, mm. by the specific tricksy way of telling everything mm. backwards and inside out and yeah. bearing some large clues and uh, just, every, <laughs> just um, generally telling stuff in a way that forces you to uh, adopt a level of concentration that's beyond... Most people's tolerance doesn't mean mm. that it has to go straight back to being nice linear plots and very little following from week to week. There is definitely a middle ground, and uh, it'd be nice to think they'd recognise that in time for the next series.
1: Mm. Mm. Perhaps they will. I mean, it may be that you know my my hope is that this was a very deliberate attempt to get back to basics with an intention of build, and clearly it was clearly it was that, and to some extent, we can't deny it's been successful with the with the general public mm. in terms of viewing figures, and with mm. yeah you know, and I think generally with critics, uh, it seems to have been. Although I think you know, I think there have been some some more discussion of it being somewhat underpowered in the narrative development And yeah. um, and yeah, I think the there've, been, there've
0: been there been cracks. But, yeah, I, I think as it's gone along, there've been a few cracks. Mm. I think initially it was seen very positively, but,
1: but I think. Um, but one would hope, yeah, obviously obviously it was intentional to get back to basics and one one can only hope that it was intentional to get back to basics with the aim of then being able to build up from that. You know, in some ways as mm. as Russell T did back in two thousand and five with yeah. the very bare bones.
2: In fact he started building up from back to basics during the course of series one. And of course, he, he did it. Yeah, he he, he, he invented too, yeah. the bad wolf. Mm. I mean, he, had, he didn't have that planned, the series arc, when he started. He just mm. thought of mm. it as he was going along and seeded it into stories. So it yes. was a, an organic but, thing. And, whisper it, Moffat often did the same. He's <laughs> For yeah. every one idea that he had planned five years in advance, there were plenty of other things that he thought up on the fly because mm. with a mind like that, that sort of... How could you not? Mm. This is the first series I, <laughs> where you don't really get the impression anything evolved or was added to the initial plan as it was going along, mm. which again is a, a bit of a shame. Yes. In terms of critical reception, it, it's a shame it's been hijacked by this st- stupid talk about whether or not it's two inverted commas politically correct. <sighs> Hardly anybody well. really has been talking about the quality of it as a piece of drama, but somehow yeah somehow the, the noisiest voices both in the fan world and in the real me- world the real media who should know better but have decided mm-hmm. to pick up on the the frothings of fans yes yeah, or it's yeah it's a very low level debate but it's reached some very high places is it 2 PC? Mm-hmm. nobody yes. even questioning what that means It's and you know my thoughts mm-hmm. on the, <laughs> mm-hmm. on that terminology shame I
1: know. and i hope that we've been you know although we've been we've been critical, you know, throughout, you know, throughout, well, I think we've been sort of hopefully constructive, you know, hopefully offering constructive criticism. Mm. I, I feel we're friends of the show here, and I don't think <laughs> any, any of us have a, <laughs> well, I don't yeah. think any of us have a, have any great beef with regard to the, any of the, you know, any of the fundamental concepts of the, mm. or the politics of the, you know, of the show. And, you know, I think from that point of view, it just seems somewhat you know magnificently irrelevant but of course with the way we the way things are these days and this sort of ongoing culture war that everything seems to get ingested into and um these decisions kind of you know have rendered the show into a target in some ways for that kind of thing which is
0: yeah i know. mean to some to some extent this was you know why i'm i've, I've in a slightly jokey way Described it as this, the season when when Doctor Who came from Yorkshire. You know, it, 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 I mean, a lot of lots of people have been trying to sort of claim the thing for their mm. own, rather than a, the truth of the matter, which is that the show is for a very broad and wide audience. Mm. You know, so it's so it's not just for the kids. It's not just for the for the teenagers. It's not just for the twenty somethings. Mm. You know, it, it's it's for it's for a very wide audience, and different people get different things out of it. In, in in the early part of your of your famished life you get very enthusiastic and quite possessive about something and you you know the the fires burning really brightly and you know you feel that this is this is my thing but you, the truth of the matter is that that there are also those of us who've been watching the program for for well over 40 years and you know what we what we may have lost in terms of ardor and real passion and don't have 15 hours a day to be watching episodes all the time yeah but 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 that kind of longevity you know it's, it's 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 like a very long relationship like you know like 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 being being with your wife for a long period of time you know you you, you, you there's a depth to, to, to that relationship and there's there's an intimacy and there's a longevity that that does have something as well so uh, you know, I guess what I'm tr- what I'm trying to say is that yes, those people who are enthusiastic about the doctor being a woman, yeah, she's a woman. For for the kind of you know sad old fifty year old bloke who comes from Yorkshire and, and 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 gets a little bit excited about that, yeah, you know, she's from Yorkshire as well. <laughs> but uh, but also. There's a whole range of other things in the show that's that's for everyone as well, and you you can pick the one thing that you like and latch onto it and make a big fuss about it, or you can pick the one thing about it that you hate and make a big fuss about that. But in the in the end, there's a broad spectrum of of stuff going on. I I, I suppose my predominant feeling about the series is I was really enthusiastic for the first three episodes. The first three episodes, I thought this is going somewhere it's it, 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 it's pretty good we had the we had the initial episode which was quite dark you know tonally and and, and also uh, it was shot in mm. the dark uh, the, the second one was very bright and uh, you know it was a it was a there was a journey and and you know in retrospect and people said at the time there wasn't a lot to it but i quite liked that kind of epic quality of it the third one was 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 rosa um and and that was again it felt like there was something important going on in, in that one and they had quite a lot of heart to it and okay I moaned about the, the, the stupid racist from the future but you know he, he, he had his, his purpose in the plot so all of those are quite like and even when the, with the one with the spiders when they back, went back to Sheffield it was still a kind of ongoing uh, arc to that and Yaz was back with her family so it sort of felt like those first four there was quite a lot of promise mm. and then for me after that it felt, felt a bit flat Went forward into the future, but you know it was kind of a fairly duff episode with them stuck on a spaceship for no apparent reason. Mm. And then the Punjab thing was good; I liked that one. But then you know the next two or three were kind of um, so-so. And then by the time it it comes to the last one, there's a lot hanging on the fact that that you've had a the, the the series has been fading away a bit. You can't just from nothing. Then create a, you know a huge whiz bang ending and everyone says well what a great series, so yeah you know there were there were good aspects of it and generally the ones that we liked were often different for each of us, um, but each of us liked something about it and maybe maybe, it was, maybe in series twelve if it's the same team making it then there can be more hits and fewer misses.
2: Shouldn't be afraid of two part stories, I know they haven't got as much room and they've only got ten episodes, but I think one hmm. unfortunate thing about the last episode is that. All the ingredients were there for a a, um, a new type of season finale, something that would have, as we've said, it's a bit underwhelming as it is, but it also it was good that it didn't have the massive. It was trying to strike a balance between a smaller character-based finale and something with on a planetary scale, if not mm. f- hmm. shaking the foundations of the universe. I think it could have. The storyline was there to be a, the right sort of pitched at the right sort of level it's just that it was too much for 50 minutes and if it did if it expanded it into two episodes you could have introduced the mm. the ux and the um and mark addy's people at the beginning and built up that mystery mm. to the reveal of mm. tim shaw as the cliffhanger mm. um and again mm. that might sound like it's not a big enough reveal as a cliffhanger but if that's the case then you, perhaps you could have seeded it in a few previous episodes but you know what i mean if you'd built it up we could have spoken to a few more of Mark Addy's crew. Mm. As a, I mean, they, didn't, they weren't even allowed to speak. It reminded me of that Mark, Monty Python mm. sketch where the extras are studiously not saying anything. <laughs> and when one of them turns to the director mm. and says, am I allowed to speak in this? <laughs> no, so it's mm. an extra three guineas if you speak. Oh, no, sorry. Uh, but, I mean,
0: it was... So, so um... Yeah, so, what, actually, where did those other people come from? Do The two crew from the oh, from God. his crew? I, I missed that where, explanation. <laughs> and what was he doing with them can I say something else
2: though it's not an answer to your question but um, my immediate thought when I saw all these people in their cocoons was oh these are the people Tim Shaw has kidnapped from episode one that we heard so much about and and we were wondering is that dangling thread you know the bloke who's sister was kidnapped mm, and yeah. was trying to get it back, and he died. Is that going anywhere? Well, no, it didn't. But no, he brought no. in something that is almost identical, and I said, just to confuse yes. you. I mean, how ham-fisted yeah, yeah. is that? I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> That's just careless. <laughs> Goodness sake. He could have gone back to the Stenza home world rather than a different planet, and they perhaps he was... Yeah, yeah. I suppose he had been catapulted into the far future, so he arrived back, wanted to be king of his race, but they were all extinct. It could have been the same sort of... Um, thing that happened to the oh, time right. racist and then we could have had a, a, pff, some resolution to the plot of the missing Senza Trophy victims
1: mm. you know, mm. just
2: tie things together a bit more rather than adding in new elements that don't quite make sense at the last minute but in answer to the question I don't know who the hell they were because <laughs> they didn't say anything <laughs> they just looked sheepishly at the camera as they, as they trudged past mm. behind Mac- Mark Addy per-
0: per- perhaps, that, perhaps that was the Woolly Rebellion <laughs> <laughs> but more kind of woolly thinking than, 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 than yes than woolly script writing but
2: there is a two part version of this which is excellent and where the first episode is all about characters it would have had the feel of something like I don't know is it time of angels or flesh and stone or something? Yeah, sort of, fun, yeah? it's, it's funny that as, you, as you were
0: talking about it as you were talking about it, that was exactly the story that yeah. came to mind as a, as a
2: two-part. Pe- or perhaps the Impossible Planet segment, that sort of thing. You yeah, wouldn't have yeah, just yeah, heard yeah. Mark Addy, you could have got to know two or three of his crew members. It's not difficult. Yeah. I don't know whether Chibnall thinks that by concentrating on smaller casts he's going into more depth with each character, but he isn't. I, I think it's unlikely it's a money-saving measure, but it's look, it also makes it look, these stories look mm. cheap. Mm. It's, um, it's not working, whatever the effect is he's going for. But then the last episode would have been all about planets and stuff, and you could have gone into that in some detail and actually explained it, rather than it mm. just looking like a massive left turn into the pirate planet. With yeah, yes, sorry, I, I'm just I'm no, sorry no, I'm no, coming no, out no, with no, all this no, stuff. That's because I'm... I missed the discussion earlier, so it's all it's all just no, going back into I, I, my mind.
0: I, I, I'm just throwing random stuff in here as well. So you you, you were talking about odd shot framing. The <laughs> Doctor walks walks into that big puddle. Says, "Oh, I should have brought my wellies." Yeah. And then you see her go out of a depth, and then everyone else joins her in the puddle, but the, the camera pans up, so you don't actually spot the fact that they're also out of their depth mm. or I don't know it just it sort of feels like it's it's talking about the fact that there's a puddle that they're going to have to walk through, but they're not showing it mm. although they are in fact actually walking through a well, puddle. A bit look there's lights pointing out i'm
2: afraid some... I'm afraid all I thought from that whole sequence was they're having to stand in a puddle and be beamed up into the ship because they can't build a big spaceship on land it just reminded me of the sort of production compromises we had in the old days where mm. that sort of, where you had to cut from one location to another without any sort of phys- being able to see the physical connection between mm. the two, you know what I mean mm-hmm. yeah. although it's, he's tried to write it as though it's a, there's a good mm. reason for it, it just looks like this is the limits of what we can achieve on location so yeah. we'll fiddle it out figure it out when we get back to the studio
0: if I was Bradley Walsh, I'd be saying, "So I've got to stand in this bloody puddle <laughs> for two hours while they take fifteen takes because Chibbers came up with this idea uh, six weeks ago when he was writing the script." I mean, why? What? What? What actual purpose is the puddle yeah. p- uh, performing? Particularly because you can't actually see my feet why, in it because the bloke who's shooting it is, is hasn't bothered to show why it. Why
2: puddle in particular? I mean, if, if Moffat writes a story where you climb up a TARDIS and the, and the TARDIS is in the clouds, that's because yeah. He like has a very visual fairy tale style of imagination. That's not because mm. he's doing it on the cheap and can't <laughs> and can't get the TARDIS on the ground. Yeah, it's yeah. like all those stories. It's like all those Blake Seven episodes where all they can afford to take it on location is a door, a big silver door. So they build that into the side of a quarry, <laughs> and everyone traipses <laughs> through that. And then we're in the back in the studio. You know what I mean? It's that that fudge of, between location and studio, and it looked like that, even mm. though we're in a, uh, a multi-million pound mm. era where you don't need to do things like that. So. I'm being unkind, aren't I? That's yeah, another yeah. box
0: that I've got to rewatch again now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've, we've all had a rant. Have you got a rant in you, Simon, before we wind uh, things up? Um, just, uh, I think, particularly this last one, episode
3: titles. Um, hmm. Paul trashed one of my favourite episode <laughs> titles ever. And <laughs> I've never <laughs> forgiven him <laughs> since. <laughs> but um, you look back at the good old days. Um, sea devils, nasty things, come out of the sea and scare people. The green death, yeah. something green kills people. Yeah. Um, seeds of doom, something pops out of seeds and causes doom. It was just so much yeah. easier to get your head around. You know, it, 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 you know, it says what it does on the tin, sort of thing. And some of these episode titles. I mean, that that last episode. W- w- I mean,
0: what was the battle?
2: Yeah, we missed that. Mm. Obviously, yeah, uh, uh, it's a running theme, yeah. isn't it? We, we always turn up before or after something really exciting has yeah. happened.
0: Mm. So it could, could be after the battle of Guraf Colos.
2: It should be called aftermath. No, Blake Seven got there first.
0: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and apart from the fact that it was an anagram of Scaro plus something else, <laughs> uh. <laughs> so Ooh.
2: not particularly an anagram.
0: Then. No, no. It was also an anagram of lots of missing episode story codes. Like oh yes. Back when I looked at it, but but um, yeah.
3: Hmm. Yeah. Everyone's given up looking at pointers to what Phil Morris has got, hasn't he? From um, good. <laughs> <laughs> it, it never works that way. No, but it was good. Know. It made. A, it, I, I struggled with the Moffat era, but it did make me pay attention during the episode.
0: Just in, just yeah. in case there was something. Yeah, now, now, if, now if Paul Venezis was writing the stories, that would be a different yeah. matter. But
2: uh, yeah. I've always found a very straightforward sort of chap. I don't know what you're on about. <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah, he is very straightforward. He's very straightforward in the fact that everything's going to be a hint or a clue. Okay, well look, Simon's you know probably got to work within, within about five hours. Ah and you know we've all had a good rant now and uh it, it can it's only a matter of hours before paul's pc reboots oh again so we should probably
2: have uh, you been explained <laughs> to the viewers li- <laughs> listeners <laughs> No, I, I oh, haven't. Okay. I, I, I,
0: uh, but but I, I'll have to go I'm, back in time and explain that 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 that, 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 that just stop recording. Uh, Paul's PC blew up. I'm sure if you uh, spend Simon's now fixed his his, his microphone. <laughs> My giant um, hairdryer uh, I... fused everything, didn't it? I don't <laughs> start it all started so well
3: ten,
2: yeah, 10 so weeks it ago, didn't it? we
1: get for <laughs> a Sketch oh. like that at the start. As Terry
2: Wogan used to say it's... on Children in Need, I knew it was going too well.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: at least it was oh, live.
0: It's... Yeah. <laughs> uh, it all started out. As a curiosity in a junkyard, and now it's become a, 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 a giant cock-up of a podcast or something. Uh, but anyway, you know, I'm sure if we'll. we'll if any wealthy benefactors of of <laughs> would like to buy us
2: all a load of new expensive equipment for the
1: next series, it, it'll all go worse. Yes. <laughs> um, uh, um, yes. Well, I guess this is going to be um, this is going to be how well, you know how ten weeks have flown by, but we've got um we've got one more. One last hurrah, yes. which will um, see yes. us into twenty nineteen, and that'll be our um, that'll be our rational Doctor Who for twenty nineteen. Although it looks rather good for the trailer, it looks quite yeah. exciting. And um, so far as we get, so far, Dalek as get, is it a Dalek? Is it a Dalek? Yes, s- I hope it's a Dalek. <laughs> yeah. On the other hand, you know, that's a good thing. And you know, after ten after ten yeah. weeks of this, of what we've had, and this kind of you know, and, and not having any of these things, it's nice mm. you know to now feel like, oh, okay, I'm actually looking forward to the idea that it's going to be a Dalek, and that's quite exciting to yep. me. Which and then said,
2: Jody, Jody can go into interviews and say, Do you know, I didn't feel like I was properly the Doctor until I met the Daleks, I, as yes. is traditional.
0: Um, Did you hear the rumour that them, they're the them, same? Them, them Daleks, <laughs> eh? Hey, they were right, <laughs> going, weren't they? <laughs> <a> Daleks. <laughs> That no. The rumour is
2: they have the same design but a different colour. I'm hoping for puce personally.
1: Okay. Same uh, design what, what, as in the as in the R T D ones.
2: Yeah, well I doubt he's got the money to, no, to build any new no. ones.
1: I've seen some very I've seen some We're, very nice custom paint jobs of those done in done in the done in silver blue, and blue blue and whites, silver and blue. Yeah. Yes. Like
0: yeah, I'm, I'm, I mean, well, they, sh- they should really be b- be be white, blue and uh, yellow to be in the colours of Yorkshire. There, <laughs> uh, uh,
2: uh. Did we talk about the fact that we're taking a year off now? I've heard people shrieking at each other on the internet. It's not a gap year. We haven't mentioned well, it it's, yet. Well, it's definitely a year with nothing in it. So from my yes. point of view, that's a gap and it's a year long. But um, just an observation. Mm. Yeah. I think it was fairly in- inevitable that it was going to happen the moment Starburst said it wasn't, yeah. and I think we can all blame J.R. Yeah. Southall for that,
0: can't we? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Is, is that is that where they parted company? Sorry, no, which we shouldn't. Speak <laughs> um, so, so if if if, if, I, if I was no, to say eighteen podcast. months, yep, yeah, eight eighteen months is too long Ooh. to wait. <laughs> well, I hope it's not eighteen months. Yeah, should we start up a super group? <laughs> the campaign starts here. Uh, who's got Ian Devene's
1: number <laughs> I yeah, think yeah. we've got to do that
3: Bohemian Rhapsody thing with this split screen mm. yeah yeah, um, yeah <laughs> yes yeah. Well, I mean, we're I not pretty they're, 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 we're,
2: not, we're not pretty enough to be the Brady Bunch unfortunately this is the first time we've had a proper split screen with all four of us you're absolutely right someone we'll take a screenshot before it's, and we'll get it mocked up into a Queen album cover <laughs> <laughs> and, so at long last our listener, faithful listener can see what he what he's been listening yes. to this week. <laughs> yeah. Um,
1: yeah. Yes, from a certain point of view, there's something to be said that we know that the Bieber targeting his dark materials for next autumn. I believe the first Ow. series of that is going to be upon us. I believe they're talking about next autumn. So it's just possible, being charitable and looking at things in a certain direction, that they've wanted to shift shift um, the series forward into. And it was always the plan to shift it into the winter from 2020. And maybe we'll just only have a two or three months to learn to start after
2: Christmas. I don't think there's any point trying to rationalise it. Every time this no, happens, people say, oh, well, I get, I'm sure it's just X, Y and Z. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure it's nothing to worry about. Well, I know there's there's never anything mm. to worry about, but it's still bloody annoying that yes. <laughs> these highly paid professionals can't produce ten episodes of television in less than twelve months. Mm. I'll have a go. <laughs> yes, exactly. I'll, I'll, yeah. Why don't they ask us? I wish I could
0: quote yeah. for it like a
2: couple of competing builders. <laughs> <looking>. <laughs> I'll, I'll undercut him. Yeah. Now
0: yeah. it's the winter of our discontent.
1: Yes, yeah. <laughs> I'll yeah, so just I'll just knock through that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> You want new? I can fit new winners on some- that time. There's no, no problem. couple of two <laughs> knock,
2: knock, knock through all your single episodes do
1: a bunch of two parters. <laughs>
2: that was a supporting subplot. Now look what you've done. You can't take that <laughs> arc out. The whole thing will come down.
0: <laughs> that said. <Fred>. Uh. <sighs> well, I think I think I think while we're having fun and before it goes on to three hours long, bye. We might rationally say. Uh, uh, farewell to our uh, one remaining listener who stuck with us to this point, yep. and uh, and we'll see you again <laughs> early in the new year with our next one. Yep, we'll be back.
2: Happy Christmas. <laughs>
0: At that point, we can then have a further um, thought about what, whether we might want to do anything else with this beyond that. Mm. Oh, indeed. Now, now you the <laughs> time. <laughs> <laughs> and a merry Christmas to you all okay. at home. Yep.
1: Yes.
3: Yep. I hope my hangover bye. is better mm, by the next yes. podcast.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. Right. Should we all stop recording?
3: Merry Christmas, everyone. Bye bye.
1: Bye.
0: Okay, so yeah, so uh, no, it's fine. No, well, it's fine. I I, I wasn't really sure what I was doing anyway, but um, I'll I'll have another crack at that.